You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, the man whose business is benching, Coach Ben. I got some good questions to kick us off. I got bench training today. Again, anyone uh, wanting to join us live can join us on our Facebook page is where we go for the live training. I uploaded it last week. Um, one of the sessions on YouTube seemed like a great hit. A lot of people enjoyed watching the training. So I'm going to try to keep that rolling. And I'm going to try to keep it going with uh, better quality. That was my first time uh, using a system to, to edit it. Had a little um, some, some issues there. Obviously, I had to screen capture a lot of that training. But going forward, going to be good quality. Going to be on YouTube for you if you care to watch that. All right, guys. We got some questions um, rolling in from, oh, we got uh, one here on Instagram from Iron. Three exile, uh, three meets in ninety days. Yes or no? Um, well, I typically would uh, advise against it. It really depends on your goals and how you train. Right? If you're someone that trains heavy all the time, then you're technically pretty much ready to go at any particular time for a meet. So it really depends on your training, I'd say, and then your recovery capabilities. Uh, generally, I'd recommend against that, though, but. You know, if, if you're just benching too, that's a whole different story. Uh, you can definitely handle more benching. You know who's crazy with frequent competing um, is uh, Greg Powell out in Texas. That guy is crazy. Uh, he's a fantastic bencher. Uh, he's 50 plus now, benches over 800 pounds. And he does a meet, it seems like, every weekend. And this guy, he's sponsored by Titan. He, he's a fantastic lifter. I enjoyed talking to him at the Arnold this year. Um, I would really love to go bench with him, but he competes like every weekend. Totally crazy. Sip a, sip a coffee for the working man. Red, Red Creek Smash. How we doing? Question. Started my off-season training in February. Didn't bench with barbell. All dumbbell work. Had a chance to hit the gym a week ago after seven weeks of no gym. That's that's always fun. Uh, I know Georgia's open. I got a guy in Georgia just started training again uh, after seven weeks of no gym and, and could barely push 125 for three. Um, max bench is 154. Likelihood you can make up for lost time and PR with me in mid-August. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned. Typically, and I tell most of my lifters this, uh, the work that we can do if you've been doing dumbbell work, things like that. Um, I'd really try to attack like shoulder stability, things like that. Um, but it's gonna it, for some, you're gonna see a decline, definitely. Uh, and then I also have athletes who actually just got back into a gym, and in that period of time, they actually they're repping out like almost their max now. Um, she's bench 150 for a triple, so. Uh, it could definitely go either way depending on where you're at. Uh, she benefited a lot from just dialing back. She, we already did the whole technique. She dialed back. We did a lot of shoulder stability stuff, um, you know, a lot of push-ups or whatever she had available. But some are also going to take that step back. But I tell you not to worry because it's not for lack of, uh, like, you're not losing muscle, okay? It takes much longer period of time to actually lose substantial muscle. So it's nothing in regards to that. And if you've been training with dumbbells, then definitely wouldn't worry about that. 
Um, it's going to be more related to the nervous system. Just get familiar with the movement again. Uh, just going through that movement pattern and everything that is, is required in the bench press, all that technique, getting that back, that's going to take a little bit of time, but not as long as you think. And if you have a meet in August, you have plenty of time to get back to where you were. Uh, and there was likely, if anything, there's probably one aspect of your training that probably wasn't getting hit as frequently as if you were in the gym when you were training at home. And it's finding that weak link that hasn't been hit as often. You know, things that you used to do in the gym, maybe you're not doing now. You're trying to replicate, but you're not able to do it. Um, finding that weak link, picking up on that quick, that'll put you right back to where you were and hopefully above. So I wouldn't stress out about that. That goes for anyone who is coming back and has experienced a decline in their lifts. Uh, I would not worry about it. Again, it takes a while to actually lose strength, um, you know, via muscle mass or anything like that. So uh, it takes a long time to actually lose muscle mass. So I wouldn't worry about um, that decline because you're going to pick it up quick. It's usually related to the nervous system and just getting familiar with the, the movement again. So you'll be just fine. We had another question, I believe, back here. I'm stuck at 300. Any pointers? Uh, I was stuck at 315 once for over a year's period of time, my friend. Um, so I definitely understand uh, what you're going through there. I do have some pointers. Uh, I would definitely look to address any weak points you may have. All right, and that's the that's the hard part is identifying weak points. You know, for myself, at that particular time, things that I need to work on most were going to be overhead press was something that really dug me out of a lot of holes, um, getting that overhead press strength up. Huge weak point, um, really shoulder development in general for me. Um, something I always look to to increase when I'm in a plateau. The other thing was I was doing so much competition style benching and I get so much out of the technique. I get so much out of creating a good arch, my short little stubby arms, um, that I had to take myself out of that type of benching and put myself more into just like this um, rugged, like you see football players in the college weight rooms, just even weight off them. Um, you know, with good technique, good control, but feet up benching, closer grip, lengthen the range of motion. Those are all stuff that helped me tremendously and I still do today after a period of getting ready for a meet, I'll always go back to, all right, get some feet up work in, closer grip. Um, try to make things as challenging as possible because those are always things um, taking me out of, out of my um, strengths and putting me right into my weaknesses. Those are things that um, always help me a ton. So hopefully, you know, I, it's not the same scenario for you, of course, but hopefully you can find that thing that you need to get up um, try some different exercises and I always tell anyone when you find something you suck at that's a gold mine because that tells you your weakness right there get that movement up especially if it's pressing related like the overhead press for me that's, that's very closely related to the bench press even in technique a lot of the similar things we got to keep in mind um, and so there was a horrible movement for me and I brought it up in strength and it pays off uh, so you just have to find those challenging variations, weak points, things like that. So hopefully that helps, my friend. Um, it's unique to the individual, though, so it really depends. Uh, Matt says, 
What do you like to eat before a hard workout? How far out from the workout do you eat? And what mix of protein, carbs, fiber, etc.? Um, Matt, to be honest with you, I have no idea what the hell combo of protein, carbs, fiber. Um, nor do I typically track that stuff. Uh, I'm just trying not to eat a shitty meal. Because I know a shitty meal is going to make me feel not so great during a workout. But even if I did resort to, if I'm on the road or something, I had to eat McDonald's. You know, I'm still going to try to get the work in regardless. Uh, I'm just not going to feel as good doing it. Um, you know, there's been times I actually, I will go uh, on a big bench session. Actually, my biggest bench session before I did the 820. The one I did, uh, 700, repping out, no problem. Um, I did 750, blew it out the water. And then the 800, second time handling it ever, blew it out the water. Uh, that session, I went to uh, McDonald's that morning and got the big breakfast. And I tell you, that's a staple for me, the big breakfast at McDonald's. You got your, your hot cakes, you got your, um, you got your hash browns there, your eggs and everything. Um, so that's something I load up on. But um, in general, training afternoon, I just try not to eat something shitty. Um, you know, something that's not going to get my stomach acid going and stuff like that. Uh, I would say... If I had some hamburgers prepared or hamburger and rice, uh, I'm just trying to keep it clean. All right, and then I'll save the the shitty stuff for after. Uh, you know, hopefully just trying to keep it clean throughout. But I need to get those cows in. Chipotle is a big one for me. I love Chipotle. Um, but yeah, I'm not super super specific on nutrition. Actually, something that I could actually dial in and get a lot better at. Uh, Rocco Walsh, what would you recommend for a beginner bench shirt? You know, this this question's pretty easy um, in that just get whatever. Get whatever because um, when you're a beginner, I think you can learn in anything. And I don't think you have to go to a specific brand. I think you just need to get in a shirt and start learning it, whatever it is. They're all a little bit different. They're all a little bit different but similar in, in a lot of ways. Um, so at first you just need to get in and start doing it. I'd recommend a looser shirt to start. Whatever that brand is, whatever shirt it is, I'd recommend a looser version. And I would recommend potentially trying out single ply. Because single ply is going to be a little bit easier to learn at first than multiply. And a looser shirt is definitely going to be a lot easier to maneuver than is a tight shirt where you really have to become advanced with how you break it in, how you have the technique you have using it. So I would get a looser shirt. I wouldn't worry about what shirt you get. I would just get a looser version of whatever you uh, whatever you buy. And we actually made a great video um, for the main three distributors, um, Inzer, Titan, Metal. I did a video on sizing a bench shirt. So definitely check that out, Rocco. Mm, sip of espresso for the working man. Rocco says, familiar with bench tools like the slingshot, bench daddy, etc., but would love to truly get into gear lifting. Yeah, so they're definitely different. Slingshot, bench daddy, a lot of those banded shirts that are coming out now, very different than working with a poly shirt. Uh, Matt says, now the other way, you have a great hard workout. What meal are you getting it after? Um, afterwards, I'm just trying to eat something, uh, and it's not always clean. That would be the one time that I'd say I'm most comfortable eating something, uh, quote unquote dirty, like, um, Chipotle. Um, not that that's dirty food, but, uh, Chinese food, um, 
you know, what, whatever the case may be. That's that's when I'm okay with it because I just did a hard workout. My body needs the nutrients, and I'm going to process whatever I'm eating much more efficiently. So that's kind of my opportunity. Hey, yeah, let me see what's out there I can I can get and eat. I love halal food. If you haven't had halal food, that might be a New York centralized region thing. I don't know, but um, yeah, the uh, the lamb and the chicken diced up with the the rice and stuff. Mm. And that the white sauce there really good uh, but yeah uh, that's the one time I'm okay with eating a dirtier food but it's really whatever the hell I got prepared in the house <laughs> you know but great questions um, Tehran boy how important is leg drive uh, leg drive is substantially important uh, if you don't have it you're gonna be at a significant disadvantage but yeah, it's obviously not the end-all be-all. There's a lot that goes into the bench press. And, um, you know, there's some meets where the flooring just doesn't have good traction. I've benched on wood surfaces. I've benched on turf before. Um, I actually let to put down a yoga mat there. But, um, yeah, you, I mean, sometimes you're dealt that, those cards and you just kind of got to wedge your foot into the floor. Um, and you don't really have leg drive. But it's uh, it's more important in holding a position than it is actually giving force I'd say and uh, you see that's one of the most talked about things like go people go back and forth you see some lifters who really dip it and use a huge push from their legs and you can see that jolt and then other lifters like myself and I'd say um, the way I create leg drive would be even more generalized to a shirt adventure you're not going to see a shirt adventure doing the same technique as Julius Maddox all right, if a shirt adventure was doing the same technique as Julius Maddox, they're going to have a really hard time because you really have to keep positioning as that shirt is pressing you down and whatnot. Uh, as a raw lifter, you can get away with those, those big pushes a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, it's important. It's not end-all, be-all, but more important in holding position and actually getting that jolt into the bar because that can kind of spy you down, um, losing tightness, things like that. All right, and more questions popping in here on the Instagram, YouTube. Uh, Kevin Outland, how important is body weight to bench press? Uh, body weight can be hugely important. Uh, the quickest way to see your bench go up is to gain body weight. You know, so if you're ever in a plateau and you're okay with gaining a little weight, uh, you're going to see your bench press go up more than likely. All right, just with the same training you're doing probably. Um, so body weight, hugely important. Uh, one of our lifters, Adam, he just uh, went down about 20-something pounds, okay? and that's a substantial amount. His bench dipped for a bit, which is typical, especially someone who's been in it as long as him training. Um, you know, He's not capturing any of those quote-unquote newbie gains or anything like that. He has to scrap for those extra pounds. Uh, he dropped a substantial amount of weight. Now he's leveling out, and he's actually back about where he was um, at his prior body weight, which is fantastic. So if you lose weight, it's tough. You're kind of in that maintenance phase. You're trying to do everything you can to maintain your bench. Can you potentially add to your bench? Yeah, absolutely. Um, is it likely? Depends where you're at. No, not usually. Uh, but if you gain weight, quick way to add to your bench. And it might be a good solution if you're in a little bit of a plateau, can't seem to get things going. Elliot, hey Ben, I've been struggling with my bench now. It's stagnating now at about 80 kilograms for three paused reps. I know that's super weak. Uh, it's all relative, my friend. 
Uh, I'm struggling to add weight or reps and not sure what to do now. All right, so let's let's break this down for Elliot here. He's struggling with his bench. He's stagnated. 80 kilograms for three paws. Um, so what the hell is 80 kilograms? Let's double it and add a little. So let well, me 200 pounds or so for three reps. Um, struggling to add weight or reps. Not sure what to do right now. So I, I'd ask you what your body weight is. Um, because typically I can see you progress. I don't know what your training's like. I really have to dissect what your training's like. Um, you say you're doing pause reps, so you're already getting some good pause training in. You know the value of that most likely. Uh, how many days are you benching? If it's only one day, I would add another day. Uh, how much benching are you doing? If you're only doing one bench exercise, I would add some more benching. How much accessories are you doing? And what kind of accessories are you doing? I would look to potentially add some more volume there or be more pinpoint to what your weak points might be. Um, where do you stall out on the bench press? You know, let's identify that, see if there's a weak point there. Um, so if you want to shoot me a little bit more background information in a sec there, we can get a little bit deeper there, Elliot. Um, but those are some things that you'll want to look at. Alrighty. Well, guys, got some questions that came in from Instagram the other day that I'd love to, to hit on. Got a great one here from Adam, speaking to Adam. Um, he's one of our full coaching lifters. Speaking to Adam, are any physical measurements important for choosing optimum bench technique? So I imagine that he is referring to... Um, actually taking a physical measurement like forearm versus uh, the upper arm here, you're actually measuring the proportions, things like that. Um, no, there's never a uh, situation when I'm working with someone that I'm actually going to pull out a tape measure or anything and get those kind of measurements um, because usually I can just see what I need to see uh, and that's basically all I need to do with them. You know, I could tell Hey, is this going to be a good touch point? Is that going to be a good touch point? You know, just based on how that alignment looks when they're in the bottom position and what they're doing. So in determining grip widths too, I, you know, it's even when you're in an optimal, you're stacked. I mean, people go wide sometimes, people go close for different reasons. So, you know, there's no measurements that I take just to see where, you know, maybe the optimal place for your grip because you might be stronger um, in a different variation, you know what I'm saying? So, no, I don't do any measurements like that, but where I would find that to be of most value, most likely, would be uh, just looking at someone's limb length in terms of their lower body, the legs. Do they have the reach with their legs to actually get their feet flat and wide like I teach a lot of times? And if not, you know, it might be beneficial because at the meet, you don't know if you have blocks or not available or how much traction they'll give you then they would go uh, toes back more than likely if they're struggling with that. Um, you know, I have a lifter right now who he, uh, he, he's tight. You know, I, I work with a lot of 50-plus uh, lifters, and they're just tighter. You know, they're tighter. They don't have as much mobility to get their feet out. So I say, hey, don't worry about, you know, having your feet out in this wide position. Just get where you can. And if they can't really keep their feet flat, if they're rolling to the inside of their foot and the heel's coming up, the backside of the foot's coming up, Right, then, hey, let's just bring it to the toes back. So it's probably going to be much more of an effective 
um, use of our use of our technique there. Okay, so hopefully that answers that for Adam. Um, we got a couple triceps questions here at the Hybrid Hillbilly. How often do you hit heavy low rep tricep work? Um, in regards to that, I would say every ment session is going to have probably some low rep uh, heavy tricep work. And um, that would be in the form of secondary movements. So we're talking close grip bench off boards or floor press or pin press, uh, mid-range stuff like that. All right. And if I'm in a raw cycle, it's important to distinguish. That's a regular thing for me in a shirted training cycle or just when I'm focused on hitting a shirted bench. When I'm uh, focused on raw benching, different story. Um, a lot of it's probably going to be more geared towards uh, just working that bottom range. And I still train triceps, but not with, I guess, as heavy an emphasis. Um, and that's where raw differs. Great podcast coming out this Thursday if you guys listen to the Benchcast. Um, entitled, Can You Be Great at Both Raw Benching and Shirt of Benching? And I just get into the nuances of, of each and um, what makes you a good raw bencher versus what makes you a good shirt of bencher and if they play into each other at all. So great little podcast this Thursday going to pop out. If you listen to the Benchcast, please check that out on iTunes. Um, I believe we're on Spotify and everywhere you stream podcasts. So check that out, my friend. Um, Keith Rapp. Talking about triceps, got another tricep question. What are some of your favorite exercises for building tricep strength? Uh, so that would, I mean, my favorite, man, uh, I'd have to say probably some kind of a board press. I enjoy doing those, really smokes the triceps. Uh, swinging dead press is also something that... Um, I went and trained with Rich Putnam last summer. Here's something he showed me last summer. I believe it was last summer. I uh, went up to his place, upstate New York. Uh, his his crew is amazing. You know, a lot of great benchers there. And they just train out in his um his backyard, uh, his barn. I, I don't know what you call it. It's, it's big, though. <laughs> he uh, got this backyard place there. Everyone trains in there. It's so awesome. Everyone just gelled together. It's like a big family. And uh, they get there and they bench. And, he showed me this exercise last year, just swinging dead press. That's why I actually have these, uh, see these straps here. It's not for my protection. I got the pins here. So this is when I want to do some swinging dead press or something because um, you need the straps. So uh, we have a YouTube video on it, but that pretty much, uh, it's a, the mid-range bench is hanging in the straps. Tricep extend out, right? Keep that tricep engaged. Let it roll back, swing back to you, and then press it once you're in that good groove. Back down, extend out, press it. So you're always keeping uh, tension on the triceps, which is uh, really smokes you. You only need like a plate probably. So swinging dead press, definitely one of my favorites there. Once he showed me that, I was like, wow, this one really smokes you. And then uh, I was also watching, if you guys don't follow Jimmy Cobb, third best, biggest bench of all time. Um, guy is awesome, putting out great content right now. Check out his uh, podcast on Spotify. Love listening to it. If you love listening to my content, you're going to really enjoy his um, really good insight from a fantastic bencher, one of the best of all time. So check out at Jimmy Cobb, or Cobb Strong, I'm sorry, at Cobb Strong. 
Um, check out his power, I believe his power podcast or power bench, something like that. You'll see, he's, he, he always posts about it. But, um, yeah, he, uh, he did a, a California press. That was something that was new to me. So check out his Instagram. You'll see he did a, a, something called that California press. And it looked really, really interesting. I want to try it out. Looks like it smokes your triceps. So check that one out too. Uh, I believe we got a response. Going back to Elliot, who's been stagnating on his bench for a little bit. I asked for a little more information. He's got some here. So he's six foot three, about 180 pounds. That's a big guy. Big guy. Um, our bench twice a week, one heavy, three by three. And one light, like a 5 by 10 Okay, so he's getting his, his heavy day. He's getting his, his volume. Not much accessories at all as I train at home with a bare-bone setup, bench, and free weights. So um, do you do any secondary work? So you, you said you have 3 by 3 and a 5 by 10 But is that only bench work that you do? Because if it is, I would look to potentially add uh, some secondary work in there as well. So... And that depends on your weakness. So if you fail out near the chest, maybe you do some dead pressing. All right, you do some, uh, what I like, the double dead press. That helped me a lot. We got that on our YouTube as well. Uh, doing a double dead press or dead press with a pause it is on our YouTube. Uh, you could add in like t-shirt pressing, feet up t-shirt pressing on your volume day afterwards. Uh, you could probably definitely handle a little bit more. So I would look to see if you're adding in enough secondary movements just more benching volume. And then you mentioned you're not doing much accessories right now. Um, that to me is an issue because bench uh, is going to be dependent on you gaining size, getting bigger too. You know, we are talking about how much body weight affects the bench press. You need to get bigger. You know, big people bench more. That's just how it is. So uh, if you want to get that bench going, sounds like you just need to add in some more accessories. Hit the triceps. Um, you know, hit, hit the chest, shoulders, the whole deal. Really smoke your back. The back, especially once you learn how to use it, the back is going to be huge, especially if you're a longer arm bencher. You're getting in tune with your back. Teron Boy, how much online coaching costs? If you're interested in our online coaching program, anyone listening, um, you can check it out on our website. And uh, first, I would just like to go through the application process for you, see if you're a good fit for our program because um, sometimes it just doesn't seem like a good fit and I'll point someone in a different direction um, and then sometimes it's a great fit and then uh, you know we'll get the ball rolling so but first just um, go through that process if you're listening on Instagram links in the bio um, if you are watching on YouTube links in the description go to our website coaching uh, page right there for you all right I'd love to, uh, and that's totally free to just go through that consult and to fill out an application. I'd love to uh, see how I can help you out. Toyabusa, hello, greetings from Netherlands. How we doing, my friend? I hope everything's good over in the Netherlands. Um, I'm not sure where that is. I'm sure it's all out there somewhere. I'm very geography, uh, <laughs> uh, not very good at that. So um, I hope everything's going good. I know the world's kind of crazy right now. We got a great question from at jsanders123. Guys, these are the same people every week giving me questions here on the IG stories. So you're watching on Instagram, guys. Step up the game here. Monday I post out the questions thing, and that's where I come up with these questions. So 
Um, I'd love to hear from Moria. It's usually the same people, which I really appreciate, but I'd love to hear from Moria. Um, even if it's not a question, you just want to shoot the shit about a topic. You know, that's what bench talk's all about. We don't have to just talk bench. We can shoot the shit a little bit if you have any questions uh, or just want to, you know, shoot the shit. Jay Sanders, one, two, three. Can bands and chains be alternated each chest workout or hit just one in four-week cycle? So he's asking if you can alternate bands and chains, um, you know, week to week, or you want to go through a training phase with them. And typically I would say you would want to go through a phase because now you could do it every other week. You could switch up the variables. Depends on what you're doing. Like a conjugate style program, I can see you doing that very effectively. Um, but typically I would like to do something in a phase, whether it's a three or four week phase, even two week. You know, so you can see and monitor that progress. So, you know, you may actually deadlift what um, our bench, he's referring to bench, you may bench more with chains than you bench with bands and the other way around, vice versa. All right, even when you have about the same tension. So, and it might change how you bench too and the technique involved it might play into a weak point more. So, um, it, I'd like to see phases because then you can monitor progress week to week. Okay. You can monitor progress week to week. Uh, so if you're doing like a build up, RPE, whatever, and each week you're building upon it, then it's easy to monitor that. If you're alternating each week, it really depends on what you're doing. It's harder to uh, see what's going on uh, unless you're uh, comparing it regularly every three week cycle when you get back around to it again or something like that. So usually I would say phases would be the best approach to that. The hybrid hillbilly, who's the most underrated bencher? Um, if there's an underrated bencher out there, my friend, I probably don't know them. <laughs> I probably don't know them. Um, like I said, I'm not a great fan um, in terms of what I definitely don't really keep up with raw benching. Uh, I'm just not interested in raw lifting very much. Um, WPO stuff, I, I like watching that. Uh, I love watching multiply lifts, but um, I don't know if I have a great answer for that, to be honest with you. I'm not a great um, fan of the, the watching regularly, so uh, I'm not good with answering specific people like that. Um, I can tell you some really impressive benches. Um, obviously, I think of, you know, just Tiny Meeker in general, uh, every time. Man, every even with training or competition, every time I see him post a bench video, that shit moves fast. Um, and you know he he's he gets a lot out of the shirt. He got that shit dialed in, and uh, that shit moves fast. And I would see his training videos, all different types of shirts, all move super fast. Um, it's just really impressive to watch. Definitely motivating for me um, watching a guy like that. Uh, just heaving weight, just crazy fast. Uh, obviously, Ryan Canelli, another great bench presser, um, arguably the best. Uh, you know, even seeing Jimmy's stuff there, Jimmy Cobb. You know, just just to see him, the groove he's got on his bench press, man, just he perfecting the groove. Um, you know, I was able to actually hand him off. Uh, was it last summer? Early last summer, I think. And um, you had the opportunity to hand him off a thousand pounds, and um, just seeing him groove that thing and just perfect positioning, 
you know, the patient to get the touch. Everything's just dialed in. Those, that's, that's like, all those guys are good for a reason. Um, but, yeah, just definitely some really impressive stuff that uh, definitely motivate me. You know, Blaine Sumner, of course. Yeah, I got him hanging up there, signed photo of him over there, motivation. Um, thousand pound bent single ply, just just nuts, just nuts. Uh, obviously, you have to have technique dialed in. What I like about him, what I like about Blaine Summer, is uh, just just fearless because getting under that amount of weight, especially I can't even imagine on a USAPL setup because I don't know how the benches is with their. I don't know what they have for benching for the benches there. I think they're like a harder surface. You know, everything about that would just drive me nuts. Um, and here he is, just 1,000 pounds over his face, having other people hand him off. You know, who knows what's going to happen if it goes down. Are the spotters going to be able to grab that weight? Just crazy to me that you wouldn't have, like, safety bars up at any meet. Like, why would you never not have safety bars up? I wouldn't even want to bench in that particular scenario. Um there's just no safety. I'm not going to rely on someone catching a thousand pounds for me, even if there's two people on a side, because that thing's literally going to come towards my neck and could pop my head off. You know what I'm saying? Because um, when that shit goes down, it goes down hard. And say it falls out of groove the wrong way, that shit's coming right down. It's going to guillotine you. You know, people died from dropping benches on them. So, you know, it's never something you think about as an athlete getting under the bar, but. Just to see stuff he does, um, just fearless, because you've seen him fail some benches. You know, obviously falling out of groove towards his belly, not as dramatic as it coming towards your face. You know, there's some padding there for those big guys, but um, you know, obviously, just just I think of Ray, 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 Big Ray, um, with the squats that he would do, and I don't even think he had safety stuff before, like the spudding straps to save the bar. I think he was just on his own. Squat a thousand pounds, just nuts, just nuts. Um, Matt says his secret is the chicken shakes. Yeah, man, uh, I never tried a chicken shake. I had a friend that tried that, um, didn't didn't go good. <laughs> I saw him do the steak shake once on his Instagram. I'm not sure if it was his first time doing the steak shake. He actually blended up steak instead, but. I think he almost threw up on the camera. He he kind of gagged it up a little bit. Um, I think it was one of the first times he maybe was doing a steak shake. But oh, that if you get that taste in your mouth, man, I can't even imagine what that's like. So we get espresso for the working man. How's everyone doing out there? Everyone working from home? What's going on? What do we got going on out there? We got some more questions rolling in. Thanks, Coach. I'll add some more pressing movements and more work for back and triceps. Love your videos. See you on the bench. You got it, Elliot. Hope you see that bench jump up, my friend. Yeah, guys, let me know what's going on. What, you guys are working from home or something? You waiting for the gyms to open up? What's going on out there? Nicholas Gonzalez. Hello. I would like to know your recommendation. I suffered an injury to my biceps doing deadlift. I'm sorry to hear that, my friend. I have to do kinesiology but you would do it in my case. Sorry for the bad English, but I speak Spanish. Um, so I'm going to try to dissect that for you, my friend. I have to do kinesiology, but that's a study of movement. But you would do it in my case. Um, I'm not sure what you're getting at there, my friend. Maybe if someone can clarify maybe what he's getting at. 
Um, he has to do kinesiology. Sounds like you still have to do demonstrations or some type of work. Uh, the the deadlift you could do. So if you can't, if you hurt yourself some way, um, you could still put like a strap, like one of these things. You could. I don't want to look like I'm hanging myself here, but you could put that thing around. Um, you sling it around, and then put it around the bar, and then you can essentially kind of go through a deadlift movement without uh, actually having to hold on to the bar. Um, so that'll take your biceps completely out of it. So that's one way to still get the deadlift movement in. You know, I hope that's what you're kind of getting at there. Brainchild designer. Where are the yellow straps on the bench from? Are they just ratchet straps? Uh, yeah, I imagine they are. I just got, these are toe straps. Um, just looked up 10-foot toe straps on Amazon. That's what this is. Toyabusa. Can I be strong in a bench press by doing only bench press? I don't like to do other chest exercises. Uh, yeah, you could you could definitely see your bench go up. Um, would you maximize your potential? Um, I think you'd make better progress doing other things and adding more accessories in. But um, yeah, I could I could definitely see you getting stronger just doing bench variations, um, for sure. I mean, that's specificity at its finest. But um, I think you'd make a lot more progress adding in more. So, um, Rockstar SMG, should I sink the bar in my chest or just hold it on my chest? So, touch pressure, that's, that's a, it's a fine line. So, you don't want to just hold it because that would be like a spoto press. You don't want to sink it, sink it to lose position either. Um, so, you want to deload that weight somewhat, but not too much, if that makes sense. You know, because you don't want it to be like a, a spoto press right near the chest. That's a tougher variation. So you want to have some sort of deload as a raw bencher. As a shirt of bencher, as soon as that thing touches, you're usually getting the call. Uh, brainchild designer, you mentioned a few people you follow. Follow. Do you have a few people you suggest we follow? You were answering my question now. Thanks, Ben. Um, yeah, so definitely I said Cole Strong, great one. Um, you know, he's someone that's putting out content now. There's a lot of great benchers, but... I don't know if you're going to learn much more than um, just kind of watching them lift because um, it's not as much uh, content from them. Uh, Tony Carlino, he's, he's a good bud there. I've benched with him a few times now. And we had him on a podcast. You can search that back. That was right before he hit his 905 bench. And uh, he does, sometimes he does some Instagram stories too where he'll uh, answer some questions and things like that. But uh, he's a fantastic bencher. Definitely give him a follow. But, um, yeah, those would be some people. Cole Strong, definitely, because he's putting out podcasts now. I'm really excited to see. He's even got um, one of those Patreon things, membership things, um, where you can see his training, follow along with him. Uh, fantastic ventures. Definitely highly encourage that. Uh, Matt says, I got new patients today, which is great. That's awesome. Next, uh, Matt's a PT, by the way, so it's great that you're still able to uh, keep working, get that working. Rocco Walsh, yep, working from home and training in basement gym. That's awesome, my friend. Uh, great, great blessing for those of you who can uh, continue working at home. I know a lot of struggling right now, but hopefully it's mostly temporary um, for most of you going through that struggle. Uh, Matt says he's talking about K-tape. 
Oh, kinesiology tape. Um, oh, to wrap up his bicep? Uh, man, I don't know. It depends how bad it is. I think if the thing's torn off, you might want to get it fixed. <laughs> All right, currently hitting some close grip board press right now. This is from Kevin Smith. From your video the other day, just finished up 5x5 five five pause squats and a 6x2 comp bench. Awesome, my friend. Keep that rolling. Sounds a good session there. Awesome, you can still get some training in. Uh, yeah, I'm fortunate enough to have the uh, the space here. Do everything I need, but um, today's training is going to be a little bit difficult because um, with just a wife to hand me off, I have to uh, break in a new bench shirt, size 52, which is a super aggressive break-in for me. Um, so, hell if I know how it's going to go. I doubt we even get the bar out because I can't offer any any strength getting that weight out. So, um, I think what's going to happen is I'm just not going to be able to get that thing out and I'm going to have to do some volume in my looser shirt. But we'll see how it goes. We'll probably just throw on the ram or something. We'll do some volume. Uh, we got rock stars. I can't bench. With my with a wider grip, usually I go inside the rings, an inch away from the smooth. I've tried benching with pinky on the ring, but it feels weird. Shall I continue with narrow grip? Um, well, if you're avoiding a wide grip just because you're not as strong, I would say you definitely want to build that up. If you're avoiding it because it hurts, uh, well, I would identify why it hurts, but then I would just continue with the close grip because it's benching you can do that doesn't hurt. Matt says, working from home is a great time. Watching the courses on the website. Yeah, guys, uh, so we got a bunch of, we have a free course that just started. I'm going to close it down the end of the week, so you're going to want to jump on it. You go to bigbenches.podia.com, or just simply go to bigbenches.com, go to our online course section, that tab, it will take you right to it. Free course, you're going to want to jump on this one. Next month's is called Bench Doctor. That's another free course. We do one once a month. Um, then we have our big flagship course. Okay, and it's $99, or you can do three payments at 33 on a monthly basis. So if you're looking for something to do, um, that course is a loaded with information. We got bench clinic video on there. We got hours and hours of content. Everything's moduled step-by-step, step, just like going through classroom. Um, so check that out, okay? Check that out if you're looking for something to do, all right? Uh, we got... Rocco, it sure is a blessing. Wishing the best for those folks having trouble or in danger of losing a job. Yeah, absolutely, my friend. It's tough times, and um, just it's it's really crazy. It's, it's horrible, horrible to see the deaths associated with that. Just just awful. Um, and then also seeing just the unemployment, millions and millions of people not having jobs now, and just the the feeling of insecurity they have. Um, can't even imagine right now. It's Tough time for everyone, but um, awesome if you can keep working from home. And you know what? I find a silver lining in this, at least from my perspective, uh, definitely forces you to get creative. Forces you to get creative with what you're doing. Come out with different content. Um, you know, care for your athletes in a, in a different way, different capacity. You know, I don't know if um, the, the regular live stuff, the live training sessions, this podcast, Bench Talk Live, I don't know if I'd be doing that stuff if it wasn't for, for being here right now, um, you know. So doing a lot of different things. Got coming on Instagram. Can you do paused bench press every time you bench? Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend doing it every time you bench. Uh, the only touch and go that my athletes do is going to be in the um, 
early phase uh, speed work. Okay, so you know, just trying to move that way as quickly as possible. So that's the only time we're going to do touch and go. As the later phases uh, go on, the speed work is going to be more with a pause. And all our benching is done with a pause. You know, there's no instance where we're going to go touch and go. I always really stress pausing. Okay. Um, at Mike Heidi 2 what's up, Mike? Hey, Benny, it's Mike Cummings. Do you prefer incline presses or overhead press for accessories, or are they interchangeable? What rep scheme? So I like to overhead press. I think that's the hardest pressing variation. Um, and then I also I have a uh, free overhead press uh, kind of program that I can email over to you if you just shoot me an email. Um, the way we break that down, usually week one is a 5 by 5 at like an RPE 6 or 7. So it's very moderate weight. The next week, 3 by 5 So we cut the sets down, same amount of reps. We're trying to add more weight there, but again, not max effort. The following week, you either do like a pin press, a partial range pin press, handle a little bit more weight, or you just completely deload. Um, and in your specific case, I'd probably just do the deload 10 by 3 very lightweight, treated like speed work. Um, that, I mean, very lightweight, like 40% your overhead press max, if you know what that is. Um, and then the, and, and very little rest period, like talking 10, 15 seconds. Uh, it's done in like three minutes. And then the week four would be a five rep max. And that would be example of one block. And then the next block, you just kind of repeat it, but it's just with three reps instead. And then you go down to one. So that's kind of the program of it. Um, but I can send that over to you. But it, to answer that, overhead press, I'm a fan of if the athlete can do it. If it looks bad, because you got to factor in mobility, can someone actually safely get overhead? Um, and for like example, our athlete Adam, he had a hard time doing that, but I wanted him to get to a place where he could and feel comfortable doing it. Uh, most people, I think, can accomplish the overhead. You know, it's not a horrible thing if you lean back a little bit, uh, but if you really do have some restrictions. I always bring up this story of one of my buds. He, uh, he asked me to spot him, and I'm coming around a corner, and he's in a squat rack, so I'm thinking he's squatting. I go over there. He starts overhead pressing, and it looks like it's literally, it looks like he's, he's benching um, standing up. Like he's arched back so much, he's almost in like a bench position, like ready to fall over. And I'm just like, holy shit, put the bar back, put the bar back. Um, that was really, really funny. But... Uh, if that happens to you, you're going to want to incline press. So uh, incline press is a great way to hit the shoulders as well. Um, and I'm a big fan of uh, the incline press as well. But I would definitely say overhead press. First, if you have trouble with that, incline press. Rep scheme there, five to eight. You know, doesn't need to be more than that. And that's usually a really good secondary movement too for a raw bencher. Um, which I'll usually add into like the early phases. So hopefully that answers that there, Mike. All right, Instagram's running, that's big iPad's running down the batteries here. I'm gonna answer a few more. Quantum Seal Rose is the best back exercise for lat activation to increase the bench press. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that, my friend. Uh, I'm a big fan of Seal Rose. Elliot, these live bench talks are great. They are so useful, so thank you. Thank you for doing them. Hopefully you keep doing them. Uh, appreciate you tuning in, Elliot. Um, yeah, I just want to kind of do something different. Uh, this is going to be a longer format. So, you know, these are usually spanning from 40 minutes to 50. 
somewhere in there. And then the Thursday episode, if you're listening on the podcast, um, the Thursday episode is much shorter. I'm trying to keep that to like 15 minutes, um, just kind of talking about a topic and leaving it at that. Um, got a good one coming out this Thursday, so please check that out. But appreciate that. What's your best raw bench? Uh, 440 in competition. But I don't really push the raw bench. Uh, you'll kind of hear why in the podcast this Thursday. KB, hey, Ben, I appreciate the content you have out on geared lifting. I have a sizing question. I'm looking to get an SDP, and I measure at 53.5 around the shoulders. Um, and they generally recommend bumping up two. He's around 54. That would be a 56 for him. I have three to four years of experience in a single ply and a double ply Rage X. Been struggling to touch in 52 Rage X. Double ply recently and need a new shirt. Um, so you said you, you're looking to get an SDP. And you measure 53.5. You've been struggling to touch a 52 Rage X. I'm not sure how the sizing is on that. I don't know if it's a little bit different. Um, that's going to matter. But uh, in terms of, so they recommend adding two. And I'd say that's a safe bet for, like for me, I would be sized, I think, around a 56. Okay, a 56 would be a great shirt to work in. Um, but once you become more and more advanced, like I'm sized for like a 56, but I'm using like a 52. So... You know, my circumference would be 56. They'd actually recommend a 58, which is a really good general recommendation for someone. Um, so you can maneuver the bar well. It sounds like you had a little bit of a hard time touching with the, the Rage X, so I'd probably go with that recommendation. So if they're saying get a 56, because they size add two, sized up, add two, because that's a double ply, um, then I would definitely go get the 56. But like in my scenario, once you start knowing how to break these things in efficiently. You know, I have a shorter stroke on the bench, so that matters a lot. Um, you know, I'm going six sizes below what they recommend. Um, it's, it's aggressive, but that's kind of where I'm at in terms to get the pop that I want out of my shirt. Like I said, my raw bench is 440 in competition. You know, that was a little over a year ago, and... Um, that would mean that I'm getting about 400 pounds out of my shirt. So that's a substantial amount, and I'm looking to get even more. I'm looking to get, you know, 450 plus. Uh, so I really need a tight-ass shirt, you know. So it's, it's a really, it's a, it's a process. It's a process. All right, so hope that answers it, my friend. All right, we're, if we don't have more questions in, I'm going to shut it down. All right, we're going on 50 minutes. I appreciate everyone watching. It means a lot to me you're tuning in here. Um, I really enjoy these. This is like one of my highlights of the week. I enjoy coming in here and, and shooting the shit with you guys and hearing what's going on. Um, you know, and I, I love anytime I can get live and just interact with you guys some more. Um, I think that's awesome. So I appreciate everyone tuning in. Final sip of coffee for the work of man. Actually, straight espresso. Um, Cheers to the Mets hopefully taking care of business this year if we can ever get some football or ever get some uh, baseball. Um, we had the NFL draft. That's awesome. That was actually a lot of fun watching the NFL draft. You know, get something, get some kind of sports. I thought the Pats had a, a decent draft. You know, I'm not concerned about the quarterback situation. I think Jarrett Stidham's the man. So, everyone, I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you very much for tuning in. 
and I will see you all next time.